my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath there pronounced to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent, and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 129 on page 506. Many a time have they fought against me from my youth up, may Israel now say. Yea, many a time have they vexed me from my youth up, but they have not prevailed against me. Flowers plowed upon my back and made long furrows. But the righteous Lord hath hewn the snares of the ungodly in pieces. Let them be confounded and turned backward, as many as have evil will at Zion. Let them be even as withereth afore it be grown up. Whereof the mower filleth not his hand, neither he that bindeth up the sheaves his bosom. So that they who go by say not so much as, The Lord prosper you. We wish you good luck in the name of the Lord. Out of the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine ears consider well the voice of my complaint. If thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee, therefore shalt thou be feared. I look for the Lord, my soul doth wait for him, and his word is my trust. My soul fleeth unto the Lord before the morning watch, I say before the morning watch. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, 
and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his sins. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second chapter of the book of Amos. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Moab, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. But I will send a fire upon Moab, and it shall devour the palaces of Carrion. Moab shall die with tumult, with shouting and trumpet sound, and I will cut off the judge from its midst, and slay all its princes with him, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they have despised the law of the Lord, and have not kept his commandments. Their lies lead them astray, lies which their fathers followed. But I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord, For three transgressions of Israel, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they sell the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals. They pant after the dust of the earth, which is on the head of the poor, pervert the way of the humble. A man and his father go into the same girl, to defile my holy name. They lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge, and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was as strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt, and led you forty years through the wilderness, to possess the land of the Amorite. I raised up some of your sons as prophets, and some of your young men as Nazarites. Is it not so, O you children of Israel, says the Lord? But you gave the Nazarites wine to drink, and commanded the prophets, saying, Do not prophesy. Behold, I am weighed down by you, as a cart full of sheaves is weighed down. Therefore flight shall perish from the swift, the strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. He shall not stand who handles the bow, the swift of foot shall not escape, nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. The most courageous men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and, is, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Here beginneth the eleventh verse of the first chapter of the Epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we, who are justly punished for our offenses, may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness, for the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost ever, one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, 
Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have here in our first lesson from Amos, this, um, he's been indicting all of the nations, and then he proceeds to indict Judah in the south, and then Israel in the north. This whole, for three sins and for four, is this idea that even then for three sins, God's punishment would have been justified and warranted, but the fourth one just confirms that even more. So the fourth sin of Judah is that Judah has despised the law and not kept the commandments. It's been led away by lies. And then it seems as though the fourth sin of Israel is a primary indictment here. It's even worse than, than the sins indicted against Judah. The first we see listed here are sins committed against the poor. Essentially, it seems like what's being said here by Amos is that people in Israel were taking advantage of the, four, of the poor by forcing them into a sort of debt slavery. And that way then they could have them in slavery and exploit them. And then finally... We see this indictment against Israel for syncretism in her worship. Syncretism is one of the most common complaints levied against Israel, really in the entirety of the Old Testament. And it's this idea of taking uh, pagan customs, pagan worship practices, and incorporating that, syncretizing it, mixing it in then with the worship then that God had revealed and given to Israel. Um, and what we see here from Amos is really a syncretism of the worst kind. You have here the introduction of sexual practices into worship. So we have this um, unfortunate saying of a man and woman, or a man, father and son, having the same girl. Uh, the language in here in Hebrew seems to suggest not just a father and son having one girl, but rather all of the males um, having, you know, relationships with all of the women. Basically, what's being depicted here is within uh, pagan culture or pagan religious practices at the time, there was this idea then that um, having sex during their worship service would be a way to, um, because of the kind of stimulatory nature of sex, it would be a way then to remind then the gods to bless them with, um, really new life, uh, bless them with children, bless them with new life in their crops, etc. So we have here this being practiced in Israel, um, in the very place then at the altar, then the place of atonement, we have uh, Israel essentially engaging in these sexual pagan practices. Um, so it's uh, really bad, to say the least. Um, so for all of this, uh, Israel then will receive very, very severe, severe punishment from God. Um, especially because this is the people then, and Amos makes this point, this is the people then that, you know, God delivered out of slavery, delivered them from pagans, led them through the wilderness into the promised land, that is, into the land of the Amorite. 
So especially because of this, and you get this recurring theme throughout the Old Testament that Israel has been given this great privilege, but with this great privilege then comes great responsibility. So they are punished even more than for their sins. And then in Galatians, so we read here the second half of chapter 1, so Paul's essentially here making a defense of his ministry and a defense of the gospel that he has been preaching. And his point is that he received his gospel uh, directly from Jesus on his Damascus, ro- Damascus Road experience. It did not come from any other man, but rather it came directly from God. So therefore it has more authority than over other gospels that are being preached. So we have here this idea within the Epistle of the Galatians of these two Gospels, these competing Gospels, and this is a common theme for Paul here, um, to not stray them from the Gospel which they have received. These two Gospels often get portrayed as one is a Gospel of works and one is a Gospel of grace, as though these Judaizers are coming in and saying then that you have to work and do all these things so as to amass a sufficient amount of merit in order to be saved. I don't think that that's what's going on here. It's not really a um, a debate over Jesus being crucified, but the implications of that. And the whole point here is with for Paul is that uh, being Jewish, that is the commandments, the initiatory rites like circumcision, and then the other things that. Uh, other Jewish practices like Sabbath laws, food laws, etc. Um, these things that made Jews distinctively Jewish, these things are no longer required than for the people of God. Rather, it is about being found in Christ, um, and that comes through faith in Jesus. So Paul, again, he's making this point that he received this directly from our Lord on his Damascus Road experience. It's important to note, though, that it's not as though Paul receive the entirety of this just on that experience on the road to Damascus. There were creedal and liturgical traditions that Paul received. He speaks of this uh, in 1 Corinthians, and he also spent time with the Twelve in Jerusalem. So his experience on the road to Damascus was not exclusive then to other things and other things that Paul received in his teaching. Um, But Paul is going uh, out of his way to make this point that for several years time after his conversion he had no contact with the other apostles before him so it seems that the attack on paul therefore was that he was dependent upon other men and other traditions for his authority that he had derived his authority from that so paul says unequivocally no i received this gospel what i am preaching from christ himself so again this is kind of Paul's line, line of, of defense. He only spent 15 days with Peter, one visit with James. He had his ministry in Syria and Cilicia in Acts chapter 9 and 11. He was unknown to the Judean churches. All of this shows that Paul was acting alone and that he had indeed received his gospel from Jesus. And the fact that uh, they all glorify God only confirms this defense that he's making of his own ministry. So we'll continue now with our intercession on page 590. We'll take a second, call to mind those you're praying for.
Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, and minister to them according to their severalness. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O most loving Father, who willest us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of Thee, and to cast all our care on Thee who cares for us, preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal, and which Thou hast manifested unto us in Thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.